It is Tuesday and it is seven o'clock. It is time for another episode of Uproot on Air. Always Uproot on Air is brought to you by East Broadcast Network EBN in association with Uproot INC and KNFK Services, and I'm your host, Antoine D. This week, we're going to talk about two videos that have hit social media. Get into them a little bit and explain what's going on, why it's going on, and why it shouldn't be going on. So don't turn that dial, that cell phone, whatever you're using to listen to our podcast. And stay tuned and sit back, relax, and enjoy. And we'll be back after the break. Welcome back, America. What is going on? We have so much going on right now. From a pan epidemic with the coronavirus coming out of China to people getting quarantined to officers shooting people in subway um, undercarriages for no reason at all to videos servicing about a six-year-old black female being arrested for just being a kid. What is this world coming to? It has been quite a journey here at Uproot on Air. We always try to give you as much information as we can about law enforcement behavior. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Because you need to know exactly what law enforcement is. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So that you'll know exactly what it's not. So, a couple of things that we want to get into this week. A couple of the high-profile entertainers have made some comments on some videos that's gone out um, about some misbehavior of law enforcement and we just want to talk about it, discuss it, get into it a little bit and talk about why it happened, why you shouldn't be surprised after we give you the information about why people do what they do in law enforcement as well as why it shouldn't go down. So the first video we want to discuss, I'm sure you've all seen. If you have it, we're going to get into it about the six-year-old girl. The video has been out for about a minute. The officer was um, actually terminated, not because he shouldn't have arrested the the six-year-old because he didn't get permission, which is the policy. So he got arrested for violating the policy, not because it was incorrect. Why do they do that? And then... Shocker, the guy was a black guy. So this is what I'm telling you about. Don't believe the hype about social media and all the things you see on TV. The stuff that happens, happens every day and happens somewhere. And it's not always black on white. It can be white on white, black on black, or whatever the case may be. So our focus is so that you know the facts, you know the truth. Yes, it happens. Black and white, this and that and other thing. The reasons behind it aren't as clear as they should be because... You never find the reasons behind it. So what we give you is facts so that you'll know exactly what it is so that you know what it's not. That's why we do what we do. We aim to save lives on both ends of the spectrum. I'm a black male or African-American male. I'm an Afro-American or whatever term that I want to call myself 
in this country. I'm an American first, and I'm also a father and, and all those things. And I also worked in law enforcement for almost 20 years. So I know what it's like to be a cop on the side of uh, dealing with the people who actually want to hurt you. And I know what it's like to just be the, the black African-American male in the passenger in the driver's seat. So I know all aspects of it. So when you see those videos, it enrages you. What we aim to do is to take that energy and to focus it on something that we can actually do to change it. Because getting angry sometimes can help. But when you get angry and you do the wrong things about if your energy is focused in the wrong direction, then you're not helping make it better. So our goal is to give you enough information so that when you see those videos, it doesn't enrage you in the wrong direction, but it enrages you in the right direction to help to make a difference in changing the policies, the procedures, and the face of law enforcement and the criminal justice system as a whole. Because without the right type of people making a difference, then you're going to always keep getting the same song and dance. And that is important. You have to understand that it doesn't affect the people that it affects negatively until it affects them negatively. So we have to change it so it doesn't affect everybody all the time in a negative way. There is not going to be a dream reality. It's not going to happen overnight and it's not going to be easy to fix and it's not going to be easy to get the right people in the right place. But with time and effort and the push, the push, the push, then the right kinds in all faucets, that's what has to be done. So the video that you saw was of the six-year-old black female being arrested for throwing a tantrum, a tantrum, excuse me, at a school. Kids throw tantrums all the time. But apparently she kicked some stu- teachers or some students or something like that. I think it was a teacher. And they called the uh, SRO, which is a school resource officer, on the uh, child. And it wasn't something that you would arrest a kid for. I've seen kids do far worse and not get arrested for. So you have to hold all of the people involved accountable. The, the teacher who called, the, the, uh, the administrators that allowed it to happen, and then the ball that rolled down the hill. So once it got to the officer, he did his job and he didn't do, a, I think, a good job because if he had the type of professionalism and respect that he should have had for everybody, he would have never called another officer to make an arrest on a six-year-old kid because she did something. Yes, she did violate the law. She kicked somebody. That is an assault. But you're talking about a child, a child who has child instincts and child emotions and child thinking she's not thinking if i get mad and i kick somebody i'm going to go to jail she's thinking that i'm going to get mad and i'm going to express my emotions like all of us did when we were six years old and regardless of whatever it was that we did so i don't agree with what he did because i think he was wrong morally Yes, she violated the law, but whatever, man. It doesn't have to be that way. I said a couple of months ago, and I'll say it now. Just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. It is not necessary to do certain things. And what he did just makes him, in my opinion, a coward. 
There are other ways to deal with stuff. There's always another way of doing something, especially because you have other options. To arrest a six-year-old kid and put her through that mental trauma is cowardly. And I'm saying it, he's a coward. I don't care what color he is. I don't care if he was my granddaddy. My granddaddy, if he was my granddaddy, which I hope my granddaddy, if he was still alive, wouldn't do anything like that. That makes him a coward because he's using his position in the wrong way. He didn't use his position to empower that young lady to give her some information and to teach her a better way. He did exactly what he shouldn't have done. He introduced her to something that's going to scar her for the rest of her life. Who knows how that child can grow up now? That could affect her so negatively that she never, one, trusts law enforcement officers ever again, or two, puts her right into the position of what some others say, pipeline to prison. And hopefully that doesn't happen. She is able to bounce back for it, from it. And her parents and her family and the people around her and her community can continue to help her build and grow. Kids throw tantrums. They get upset. That's what they do. Sit back, relax. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, we are talking about the video where the officer out of Florida arrests the six-year-old black female. Now, as the story continues, the young girl is arrested by the officer and another officer is called to transport her to the police department or to juvenile, I'm sorry, to a juvenile detention center. And you see the video, this is where the video shows the um, officer coming in and the handcuffs are placed on her and she's crying and she's really just pleading. It is horrendous. I have never arrested anybody that young and I have never wanted to. I never liked arresting anybody in the first place. I just detested it and I know it was a part of the job when it needed to be done but you didn't have to arrest somebody that young. She just reminded me of what she was, a kid, a little baby, pleading and crying, and it broke my heart as well as it broke everybody else's heart. And I think that was the intent. It's sad that we live in this type of society where that is even a thing to do or even a thing to display or even a thing to post. It's sad, but it happens. And the reality check is, is that that happens every day somewhere. And in order to change it, to really make changes, the right kinds of people have to be put in those positions to make those types of decisions. Common sense and strategy and, and humility and all of the things that make a person who strives to be better for everybody, what what they are. Why did he do that? Who knows? And then there's a video after showing him talking about she was the youngest person that he had ever arrested. Now, he wasn't bragging so much as having a conversation with the, the teacher who now feels extremely guilty for even mentioning it or calling the CRO to the 
um, incident. And now the little girl that she has to see more than he does now because he doesn't have a job. He got terminated before every day that young lady she has to deal with. That young lady is going to develop a distaste for her as well as a distaste for certain adults and authority figures because of what happened to her. She's going to be jaded. She's going to be reclusive and she's going to develop all types of mental issues and emotional traumas that didn't exist before that incident. Adults damage children every day. I was telling my daughter through a, on a conversation while I was traveling to St. Louis this week about how I keep a picture of them on my one of my laptops that I use when they were younger, when they were all little and they just smiled and was happy all the time and they had so much light in their eyes. And somewhere along the way, that got lost as they got older and become young adults and people started putting their two cents into their lives. I told her, I wish I could have just kept them that way. And I know that I can't. And it makes you feel helpless not to be able to to keep your children from that type of environment and those people that just turn them into what they end up being, their experiences. We as parents strive to make them and protect them from those types of incidents because we know what's going to happen. But the reality is, if you don't have those kids in your home every day where you can watch them 24 hours, seven days a week, it's not going to happen because they're going to be influenced by TV and radio and every little thing. So we have to do what we can to minimize the trauma that's going to happen to them to make them into really messed up adults or make them into adults that's going to have issues like everybody else in the world does. It's not fair to them because they didn't ask to be here. And we have to do better. And that's why we, as an organization, are doing what we can, when we can, and how we can until we can make it better for everybody. And it's not easy to do because there's so many other things that press up against it and push it down, makes it extremely difficult to weed out all of the misinformation and all of the people who cause problems for everybody in every instance that's created to cause issues for a six-year-old little girl when it did not even have to exist. None of those incidents and those thoughts and those players that played a role into making that little girl cry on that video ever had to exist if somebody would have just thought about how much more important it is to just talk to the little girl, find out what's really going on with her. The whole issue may be something that she's dealing with that we don't even know. And now there's another issue that somebody else has helped create for her. It's got to stop. So that's what's wrong with that scenario. Everything about it is going to help make her life more difficult than when it has to be. That's what we as adults and parents are supposed to do. And people in the uniform aren't supposed to make arrests on children for things that are so minute that it causes them so many emotional problems down the road. Heck, 10 years from now, she could be a, a, a doctor or a lawyer. It could go 
positively negative and be something different because of that experience. And it all started because somebody decided to make the wrong type of choice from being super selfish and not thinking about there might be something else going on. This is what we do. And it has to stop. So what was wrong with that? A law enforcement officer got received a call from a teacher or an administrator who, instead of counseling the child or talking to the child, decided that it was a great idea to call the SRO to deal with a six-year-old child and him being the type of police officer he was, because if you look at his background, it talks and it dictates about how he's had many issues prior past. And that doesn't make him a bad officer. It just means that there is a lot there that for improvement. And he may have just been a jerk or he may have been so tired of dealing with these kids that the the only option he saw in his mind was that, well, I'll just make an arrest on her and then I'll just solve the whole problem. Not thinking that that could cause more issues down the road for that young lady that didn't even have to exist or just taking the time to be like, she's just six. That's what six-year-olds do. I don't know any kid that's six-year-old that can see past their own emotions. And adults are supposed to be able to do that, but most of the time, 95% of America can't. And the rest of the world are all caught up and trapped in what makes them feel good and what doesn't. And we forget all the other people on the planet. It's a sad case, but it's true. So we have to protect those children from people like that. And the only way we can do that is by putting the right people in the right places and removing that faucet and putting the people who can actually say, hey, you know what I'm doing isn't right. Let's do something different. And that takes time. And that takes dedication. And it takes effort. And some of us aren't willing to do that. That's why it's hard to remove and replace the misinformation with facts because there's more misinformation floating around and it's been going on longer than the information that can actually fix it. But it takes the right people doing the right things to help do that also. Sit back, relax, and we'll be back after the break. Welcome back. And if you're just tuning in, we were previously discussing the video of the officer who arrested the six-year-old in uh, Florida. So fast forward, the guy was um, essentially terminated from the department for violating the policy. That's what it led up to. He didn't get permission from a supervisor to arrest a person younger than 12 years old is a policy. So essentially he violated a policy that says that you have to make contact with the supervisor when you have someone that's under the age of 12 years old, you get permission to make an arrest. So the young lady was taken to the child correction, was taken to juvenile detention center and booked in and then was freed a couple of uh, hours later. And I'm sure that was traumatic. What he did was cowardly. I don't care what you say. You're a 20 year vet. He's an older male. He should have had more tact 
and more patience. You shouldn't be doing that job if you can't use your common sense in that. So there is another video that I don't know if many of you have seen, but I had an opportunity to see a video of two Chicago transit officers. I'm assuming they were transit officers. But they were it happened in Chicago. Is on Twitter. A young um, male who's a critic um, was actually in the subway. Uh, took a picture. I'm sorry. Took a video of two officers attempting to make an arrest on an intoxicated male. He looks to be like an Hispanic guy, a large Hispanic male. And one is a black guy and one is a black female. And he's attempting to not be arrested is what he's doing. So you see them tase him, which doesn't work. It's ineffective because the taser doesn't work when someone has a bunch of layers of clothes on. So that was the problem. Second, you see her tase him, and again, it doesn't work. And he, the guy gets tackled to the ground by the male. And they're not really fighting, per se, more like laying on top of each other. And they're winded. I mean, they're really out of shape. The danger here is two things. First of all, if you're an officer in a uniform and you just lay on somebody and you're not... Being a law enforcement officer is hard. I'm not even going to shit you. And I have to use that because I need to express that. It is so difficult. If you have somebody that you have to fight, sometimes you don't want to have to fight somebody, but you, it's necessary. But in this scenario, you watch this video. What's going on is unnecessary. Again, it's something that didn't have to happen. You're trying to tackle somebody that doesn't want to be arrested. That's fine. Use the type of tactics that work. You're using the... the the taser, most people will get so reliant on that thing that they use it every time that they get into an altercation with somebody, even if somebody says no. It's not effective if the person has clothes on and it's not warranted if it's, un it's actually a excessive force versus what you could be doing and what you should be doing is if you know you're going to make an arrest on somebody and they're intoxicated, yeah, the taser can be used if it's an appropriate but if you know this person has a bunch of clothes on, it's not going to be effective. So you need to do something different. So the first and foremost thing they should be trying to establish is get some hands on this person. Get them to the ground and get them handcuffed swiftly. Now, the taser can be used as a non-lethal way to do that. But it's not going to be effective. Again, I reiterate that if somebody has a layer of clothing on that keeps the connections from being what they are. The electricity has to hit you major muscle figures, major muscle groups. And if you have a bunch of clothes on or a big gigantic coat on, that connection is not going to give you enough electricity flowing through those major muscles to make those muscle tissues pretty much seize. That's what they do. Electricity seizes your body because it flows through it. It's making your muscles twitch. It's making your nerves have more electrical jokes in it than what it would necessarily have. That's what it does. That's why you seize up. It's stopping your action. And if you have clothes on that are way more than what they need to be, 
You're talking about a Chicago's cold, so you need to do something different. And it is against the law to take a taser and put it on somebody's neck unless deadly force is necessary. So what happens is, is they're struggling with this guy. They're on the ground with this guy and they're winded. They're breathing hard. And you hear the male say, shoot him. <laughs> because the guy won't give him his hand. He says several times, stop resisting arrest. Stop resisting arrest, which is standard. That's what they do. They say that so that the person who's watching knows that the person is resisting arrest. That's game. So I'm resisting arrest and I'm on the ground. The guy really was resisting arrest because he didn't want to be arrested. But the cops are supposed to use other means to make him comply by. And this is where the punches and the kicks come in when it's appropriate. This will be the actual time where you could actually kick and punch somebody to make them comply with you versus what happened next. So they're struggling with this guy. They're on the ground. And he's not complying. He's really just laying there. He said, I ain't do nothing to you. I didn't do nothing to you. I didn't do nothing to you. He's intoxicated, supposedly. Most people who are intoxicated, they have a higher level of uh, pain threshold than the normal average person would because their nerves aren't the same. Their body is moving in slow motion and everything is impaired. So the taser isn't going to work as much as it would be on somebody who wasn't impaired. Even if you did strikes and kicks, again, it would not be as effective. So maybe call for backup and get more people involved, more people controlling ligaments and manipulating ligaments versus what happened. So it's two people on one person, which you think would be more appropriate if they did it correctly. But again, a lot of what they do is training issues or complacency in what they do because maybe they hadn't had to fight somebody and that's what they call a fight because they're not just turn around, put their hands around the back. Most of the time people do it, but when you get into a scenario when somebody doesn't, then it's particularly called a fight. So now they're on the ground tussling with this person and he's laying there and he's really just laying there. And the officer, the black male is really just laying there. Why am I saying black male? It's, a, it's the officer's laying on him. And then the female officer, she's on the radio. She says a couple of things. And then you hear the guy say again, shoot him. So he gets up. He's, you can see the taser wires. You see the taser on the ground. Two tasers on the ground, which is a no-no. He's got his taser and her taser not secured. He's got one handcuff on one arm and it's flailing around, but he's not actively doing anything to cause a deadly force scenario. When we get back, we'll finish it. Sit back and relax and get ready for this break. Welcome back. So if you're just tuning in, we are in our second half of the podcast talking about the video out of Chicago with the two officers who uh, used an inappropriate use of deadly force to shoot a guy because he would not get arrested. I don't know anybody who wants to be arrested. The thought of being arrested 
is a lousy idea. And it's lousy for the officer and lousy for the person who has to be arrested. It is one of the most dangerous times for anybody because a lot can happen in between you finally getting the man because of somebody. So what happens with this video is that they are failing in their duty to keep the peace or to gain control of this person. Force is used for two reasons, to gain control and to an affected arrest. And they are failing miserably. So eventually the guy just gets tired of being on the ground. He gets up. And you can see again, the taser wires and the tasers on the ground. And the guy says, shoot him again, the officer. And then she finally says, I'm going to shoot him. <laughs> wow. As he wipes his face and starts to move forward, she says, give you, no, I'm sorry. She says, put your motherfucking hands up or something to that effect. Pardon my French for everybody out there who's sensitive to profanity. It happens. And she pulls out her gun and she shoots the guy. And you hear it. And you hear everybody go silent. And either she didn't hit him or because of, again, the layers of clothing and him being intoxicated, he didn't even feel it. He starts to walk up the escalator to get away. And she shoots him again as they walk up the steps. I'm going to say this. And you can take it for what you want to. Because they are who they are and where they are and what they are. I'm surprised that video hasn't made the news yet, but I can guarantee you that at the end of the day, once somebody really pays attention to that video, those two officers, rightfully so, are never going to be able to be police officers again. I couldn't tell you anything that they did was correct from the beginning to the end. And the end shows them running up the steps to, I guess, to make contact with him after she shoots him twice. So she shoots him one time when he's at the bottom of the steps, when he gets up and he's like he's wiping his face and pulling the wires from the taser off of his face. He's not swinging or actively combating anybody at any time frame. He's not presenting a, a threat of deadly force at all. For her to use her firearm to shoot him and for the officer who was struggling with him on the ground to say shoot him, those are extremely inappropriate things to do. That is a excessive force and an unnecessary and an unreasonable amount of force used. Because it doesn't dictate. His actions did not dictate deadly force. The totality of the circumstances was all the circumstances involved. There was no ability, opportunity, and jeopardy as we discussed before. There was no threat for serious injury or bodily harm. Because all he was trying to do was get away. Nobody wants to be arrested. No one. Some people just allow you to put the handcuffs on them. And some people make you work for it. It's part of the job. And if you're not able to facilitate that, you don't need to do the job. 
If you think that that gun is just another tool, like that aspartame, that pepper spray is to be overused, and you could just shoot people just because you have a gun, you don't need to do the job. You don't need people in that uniform shooting people because they can't control somebody. You don't kill somebody because you can't control somebody. If that was the case, then anybody you ever had an argument with, you just shoot them, and that would be the end of it. That's still called murder. And either way you're in that uniform or not, that's still called murder because you're not fitting all of the elements to make it okay for you to be able to kill somebody and get away with it. And that's my soapbox. If you want real change, help us make change and help us by getting inside of all of those levels from the bottom to the top to make changes in the system, the criminal justice system, from the politics all the way down to the law enforcement officers who enforce the laws so that we can change it until I get enough people helping me and enough people to say, let's get inside and change it and enough clout to be able to do it. This is what we got. Please know that what we're doing by this podcast and by our classes are really to inform you of what law enforcement is so that when you encounter law enforcement, you can survive the encounter until that encounter turns into something different. And it's not like that yet. We have a way to go. All right. We'll be back after the break. In closing, by the way, welcome back to the break. In closing, we will continue to build bridges to a better way of doing things so that we can remove, replace, and uproot every faucet of the criminal justice system that causes more problems than it helps. That's where our goal is ultimately to rethink, to re-advise, to uproot, to inspire, to rethink, to uproot. But we are a nonprofit organization and we need your help in doing so. We need you to like us, to post us, to talk about us, to follow us, to engage with us, to conversate with us, to tell us what we're doing good and what we could improve upon so that we as a community organization can better serve our community. So help us help you at www.uproot.inc.com. That is www.uproot1.com. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow, like, share, talk, discuss, laugh, yell, scream. Every emotion that you need to have to make us a better organization so that we can better serve you. Help us by helping us help you in every way. We need to have donations to grow, to hire, to train, to create, to develop, to perform, to push to minimize, to maximize, and everything that makes us what we are to make us better for you. Every Tuesday, podcast, 7 p.m. on Anchor. Check it out. 
Until next time, be safe, get informed at Uproot INC. Follow us on all our social media. Be safe, fam.